Welcome to 900 Ackland Avenue. What follows is a service from April 16th, 2023. Thank you and God bless. Oh! 
Marching as to war with the cross. 
what I'm struggling to believe. I have doubt. I'm not excited about it. I wish it would go away. But my doubt plagues me. And friends, I want you to know, this is a place of mercy when it comes to that. And this morning, we're going to talk about doubt. And we're, we're going to talk about Thomas in a way. Not We're not going to pick on Thomas and say, man, what a spiritual loser he was. <laughs> we're going to say, man, that's us. And look at the mercy that Jesus shows him. So that night, let's stand together for our gospel reading. It's on the inside of your bulletin. Always a shout out to Amy for putting together our bulletin and doing all that consistent hard work. John chapter 20, 19 through 31. And if you want to join with me in the bold section, feel free. Little tidbit here. We always read Thomas, also known as Didymus. Thomas is the Aramaic word for twin. Didymus is the Greek word for twin. We don't know who his twin was. I'd sure like to know. But that's what's going on there. Join with me in the bold section if you'd like. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came, stood among them, said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said, Together, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again. Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your fingers here. See my hands. Reach out your hand. Put it in my side. Stop doubting. Believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus told him together, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Doubt stems from the desire to know how it all fits together, like a puzzle searching for that missing puzzle piece. And the sense that the final answer is, is elusive, just, just a little bit beyond my grasp. And let's be honest, the personality of the Ackland Church, a lot of curious folks out there. <laughs> and you're raising a lot of curious kids. They do really well in school, but sometimes they're more interested in reading things that would never show up on the ACT. I mean, just a lot of curious folks out there. And this desire to want to know, and God gave us brains, we should use them. Exploring answers is important. As Paul said in Athens, God created the world, he's not far from us, that we might reach out and find him. And yet, 
Faith is ultimately this realization that I'm searching for the answer, but I have to live my life sometimes not knowing everything. And that is hard. In my experience, these are the five categories that seem to cause the most doubt. I'm going to bring Andrew up to talk about the last one. Number one, hypocrisy among people of faith causes a lot of doubt. When people look at people who wear the name of Jesus and they see them doing not Jesus type of things, they say, if this is what it's like to follow Jesus, then I don't know that I want to be a part of it. And we have all felt that at some part in our life. And some of you have told me you've had that thought more in the last five years than at any other time in your life. And it's this is a deep and challenging thing to process, the doubt we experience because of other believers. Number two, and this is the one I've struggled with the most in my life, the doubt that comes from suffering. The proverbial question, if God is good, why do bad things happen? And from my earliest days of my childhood, that's, that's always been the one that I have found most difficult. And when I find myself in those unstable waters of doubt, that's normally, that's normally the thing that got me there. We've talked about that before. I've talked to you about some things that have brought me peace within that hard question. But hypocrisy and then suffering, we see a lot of doubt come from that. Third, questions arising from other religions. It's a big world. Seven billion people out there that believe a lot of different things. And when Jesus came and said, I'm Lord, that meant Caesar wasn't. But that also is a truth claim about other belief systems. And how does all that fit together? Because in a multicultural Nashville, we all have dear friends who we love and respect and are great citizens that are Muslim, Jewish, Hindu, you name it. And how does all that work together? You might think of it as pluralism. How do we think of one God in a time of pluralism? The third one. Number four, differences interpretation about the Bible. With so many people that wear the name of Jesus in this world and we read the same Bible and we had the experience of saying, we're reading the same Bible, but on this issue we're saying completely opposite things. We've done some deep studies here about things. We've had times we didn't all read the scripture the same way. And there's been times in my life I'm like, it's just so complicated. We're reading the same words. We don't necessarily think the same thing. And there have been times you just want to chuck it, right? Like, it can be discouraging. And I've seen that caused doubt among us. Now, we've talked about all these four before. I think there are healthy ways for us to work through these and come to faith. I didn't mean for any of that to be exhaustive. I just want you to know, if you find yourself in any of those places, you are not alone. I know multiple people here at this church that struggle with everyone I've mentioned so far. The fifth one, that's what we're going to talk about today, is the challenges of science and the modern-day faith and science conversation. I remember it was some years ago, There was when I was a youth minister, there was a teenager at my church who loved Jesus, was an active part of our church, and she brought her boyfriend a few Sundays 
to worship with her. And she said, you know, he has a lot of questions that I can't completely answer. Can we get together? And they were 17 and they could drive. So one day they stopped by my office at the church and we sat down and she was introducing me to him more. I was like, have you been to church this month? And he said, he said a line that I have never forgotten. And I'm going to try to get Andrew to tell me more about what's beneath it. But he said, I don't believe in God. I believe in science. This struck me as a comment. There's a lot going on beneath that. Because I wanted to say, me too, I think. <laughs> what's going on beneath that? Andrew, come on up with us. And we're going to talk about the faith and science conversation for about 10 minutes here. Now, we'll say uh, we have many people that are in science here at this congregation, and we've done a number of things with this topic before. Grateful all of you. We've done things with our teenagers, and many of you have spoken to our teenagers about this. Justin, Kelly, Beth, Brian, I'm sure I'm leaving out somebody. But this is not a new conversation for us as a church. So Andrew and I talked about five questions, and we talked about this earlier in the week. Let's back up a little bit. Andrew, what first got you interested in science, and what type of science do you engage in now in your work? Sure. Um, so uh, I guess I've always been interested in how things work, why they work, and how I can make them do the things that I want to make them do. And so, so it was always kind of a given that I'd probably end up going into some type of a, a technical field, just not sure which one. Um, but then my, my, um, my great uncle gave me a crystal radio set. Um, he, was a, he was a technician at, at a RCA. They used to make TVs. Um, and, and, and after that, it was you know, anything electronic I could get my hands on. I mean, that's what I would do. Uh, I would you know, learn electronics from TV repair manuals. We used to be able to repair TVs. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, you know, in any, any books, I subscribe to both Electronics Now and Popular Electronics magazines. They're great. So, um, so that's, that's kind of how I got started um, in, in all of that. Um, for, for those of you that, that don't know what I do, um, I'm part of a, a research group that studies the effects of, of radiation on electronics. Um, now, kind of in full disclosure, right, I, I am an engineer, not just a scientist, so it's a little more pragmatic, perhaps, you know, a little more interested in the end result, uh, the application, but, um, yeah, so, so the, what we study, you know, the effects of radiation on electronics is, has, you know, important implications for um, uh, space, defense, medical, and commercial applications there. So, and a lot of what we do sometimes is, um, you know, we'll do a lot of testing on parts. We'll take and uh, put electronic parts in accelerated radiation environments like x-ray beams or particle accelerators. It's so much fun. Um, and, and, you know, see how they, how they respond. Uh, some tests we just can't do. We don't, you know, it's either difficult or impossible to do. So we'll also do a lot of modeling. So that usually is in the form of a uh, you know, computer simulation to try to see what might happen under certain conditions and see how those match up with our data. And now, I didn't understand all the ones you used there, but one thing I have understood before is you've put 
like some things you've built have ended up in space, right? Yeah, we, 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 have, uh, we have satellites right now that I was fortunate enough to, to help design and build that are actually doing experiments in space. Right now? Right now. I, that's cool. I, I don't understand every word he said, but that part was really cool. Okay, <laughs> so back to this question of this 17-year-old telling me, I don't believe in God, I don't believe in religion, I believe in science. And what I wanted to say was, was me too, but I sensed there was something deeper in this question. Now, you've been in this world a long time. What do you think is beneath that comment? Um, I think that we, you know, maybe start by kind of defining what science is, perhaps. And, you know, this is something, of course, that has multiple definitions. And it's, it's certainly not as um, simple as, as kind of what they teach us in elementary school, right? You make a hypothesis, do an experiment, right? It's, it's never that straightforward or, or linear, right? So, but... To, to me, like, my, the, the way I think of science is it, it's a method of gaining knowledge that's based on um, empirical measurements, um, uh, experimentation, testing, um, and, and, and modeling. Right? So it's, it's a way to, to gain knowledge about the physical world through observation. And testing. Um, a lot of times, you know, what we tend, what we, what, what we often seek to do is not necessarily prove something true, um, but more likely prove something false. It's it's more difficult to prove something true uh, because you have to show that every other possible explanation is false. But it's a lot easier to prove something false because um, you just need one counterexample. So so. Falsifiability is a is, is an important concept for, for science there. So growing up tinkering around with things, being a thinker on into your position now, have you ever been that guy or that, that person that says, you know, I believe in science and that's hindering my ability to have faith? Like have you ever had a hard time juggling the Bible and the microscope, so to speak? Not really, just because it, they've always been different things. Mm. Um, the, you know, faith and, you know, faith and religion, th this, is, this is what we use to gain um, understanding of the spiritual world uh, and of our relationship with God. The science has always been about telling us about the, the physical world. And you know, clearly, it's it's even with all the different debates you know surrounding it, um, it's proven quite effective uh, as, in, in terms of advancing technology and, and improving our lives in, in many ways. Um, but it's not going to tell us about God. We can't test God, or at least we're not supposed to, right? So, um, so yeah. So I, I think that there. You know, there's there's a lot of people that, that believe science and, 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 and faith, you know, just simply do not have any any overlap. I'm not sure I'd go that far. Maybe there's maybe there's some, but um, yeah. I've been in settings where scientists uh, just kind of like laughed 
at faith and just kind of waved it off like it was the relic of a barbaric ancient society. I've also been in settings where Christians talked about science in like scare quotes, like, well, science, you know, type of thing. And I frequently, I frequently say, man, I wish there was a better way to have some of these conversations because I don't feel comfortable in either one of these camps. In your experience, how can we have better conversations on faith and science? I think a lot of this comes down to just kind of the question, how, how can we have better conversations <laughs> about, about anything? Um, and you know, a lot of times this just boils down to um, empathy and humility for the other side, understanding why, you know, what is it that, that the other side, uh, what are they really arguing? What's important to them, you know, is, um, you know, why is why is it important that some people really have to believe in a young earth? Why is it so important some people have to believe in geocentrism? You know, whatever is that that's a that's crucial to their faith. Um, you know, I think if we if we can understand some of those, why is it that some people, um, you know, in in the world of science, they think that. If it's not if it's not observable and testable, it doesn't exist, or at least it doesn't matter. So, so I think you know just being able to, to kind of wrap our, our heads around what the other side really thinks, um, and and understanding that we might be wrong. You know, I mean, I mean, there you know every every side of the conversation, you know, there's there needs to be the possibility. You need to have the humility to. I might not be right, you know. There might be things that I need to, I need to, to rethink. I need to change. Um, again, that's at least as far as science goes. It's always been an important aspect of that, you know, being able to to reframe your hypothesis based on new observations and new data. And it's not always like that. We like to think that it's like that, but it's not always like that. I mean, there are some people that are as dogmatic about, you know, their their scientific theories as they are, you know, as, you know, your, your favorite fundamentalist, so. Am I your favorite fundamentalist? No, don't answer that. Okay, um, so I think that's helpful because when I look at our discourse, there often is a lack of humility, and that's a huge problem. That needs to be something as people of faith that we're modeling Jesus with that humility. Back to the doubt question. Andrew, have you ever gone through a season of doubt, and how did you handle it? I mean, sure. I mean, I think, you know, like you said, everybody has, you know. And, and for, for me, what seems to be helpful is really just kind of relying on the faith and, and strength of people that have come before. Um, you know, just know, and knowing that so many of them have had doubts and have gotten through it and to some extent kind of letting their letting their faith kind of prop me up and you know as I'm you know trying to, to catch back up you know and, and you know it kind of helps knowing that you know, even even the apostles like we just saw you know had had doubts yeah so to normalize it to know that people have come before us I love that 
What about, as we near the end of this, what about the Thomas story with Jesus do you find most compelling? I mean, I think we unfairly you know, give Thomas a bad rap here, right? Uh, if we, all right, here's what I find interesting. Okay. If you look at the other gospel stories of, of this, you know, they don't mention this. This is only mentioned in John, right? All the other stories, Jesus is, is rebuking all the other disciples for their lack of belief and for, you know, for not believing the, the eyewitness accounts. Here. So um, John, I guess, had it in for Thomas. They had it for something, but um, yeah. So, but you know, he didn't. In, in you know, like in Jude, you know, Jesus had mercy on Thomas. Jesus did not rebuke Thomas. You know, um, Jesus said, "Hey, you get to see the same thing that everybody else got to got to see." Um, you know, this is this is not this is not normal. People don't. Stop being dead. Yeah. You know that this is this is something that's going to require a little bit more more evidence and proof. And here it is, so that you can believe. And the um, you know not everybody's going to get to, to see that, but to have the have the eyewitness accounts that that do show that <coughs> to have those eyewitness accounts that. We can then re rely on and believe, and knowing that, you know, they, you know, because of that belief, were were you know, you know, lived the lives that they lived and died the deaths that they died. So, thank you for that. Hey, while I have you up here, let me ask one more question. I did not prep him for this. While I've got him up here, I feel like I should ask this. Do you think we actually went to the moon? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. There we go. You heard it here. You heard it here. I'll be able to offend pretty much everybody here. Yeah. Yeah. Your your family's like cut, cut the mic. Cut the mic. Before Larry leads us in song, I want to give you this image. Kids, you know at summer camp we do a lot of games and we do a lot of relays and we'll do different versions of like the three-legged race or you've got to carry people. Or we do all these types of things. And in often of these, you can't run or walk on your capacity. You end up in just kind of a drop of humanity trying to get to the finish line. And your bodies are just wrapped up and you're leaning on each other and you're just trying to get there. And that's what faith is like. That's what faith is like. We're not all going to believe 100% with no doubts all the time. And when you have times of doubt, just like the three-legged race, just lean on the person next to you. And don't give up. And we'll get there together. I promise you. We'll get there together. Lean on those around you. Let's stand together and sing. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Sit high, toil, banner, it must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory, his army shall be lead, till every foe is vanquished and Christ is Lord
was handed over to suffering and death. He took bread, and after he had blessed it, he broke it, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take and eat, for this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then after the meal, he took the cup, and after he had blessed it, he gave it to his disciples and said, Drink this, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins, as often as you do this. Do this in remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of the faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Let us pray. God, we pray this morning that we may hear at this table your blessing on Thomas. And that we may remember his faith. And the gift of knowing that you did truly live and die. And from one who doubted, who demanded to touch your body and to see your presence before him, that we now see before us bread and juice of the physical world and you coming to us in it. We pray that you, we may receive it in faith. And that our proclamation may be for this world and for one another that you are alive 
that you live and that your presence uh, animates and gives us life. We pray for your blessing and for your forgiveness. Give us strength uh, in the bonds of the church. In Jesus' name. thank you and for the life of Jesus poured out for us that we find uh, with one another and in the world places to give ourselves away to be consumed for the life of others and to be forgiven we ask in Jesus name amen
These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Pray with me, please. Father God, thank you so much for sending your son to sacrifice himself for our sins and to join us again with you in a right relationship. Father, we ask you to please forgive us in our unbelief and help us in our unbelief when we are doubting from time to time. And I know you, God, are all too familiar with the doubts that happen every day. Father, I ask that we will extend our, our faith out to those around us and to live our faith out and to show your love to everyone that we meet and to remember that everyone has worth because they are your creation. I ask especially, God, that you be with our missionaries, those people that are on the ground where there is a lot of strife and physical needs being met. Please be with Jason and Emily Miller, with Lindsey Krinks, with Manuel Perdomo, and Hawathia Jones, and Byron, and Snazzoni <laughs> Benitez. <clears throat> Father, I ask that you be with our elders here and be with JP. Please, God, strengthen this church and help us to be a light in our community. We praise your name, Father, and we thank you for all the blessings that you give us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good morning. I'm gonna stay to the side, because that's like right there, and I'm already loud. Um, Welcome to Ackland. Uh, today is Randy Spivey's birthday. That is super exciting that it's today. And then also this week we have on a church, Kelly Moore, and then Nora Conway turning the big one five. So that's exciting. After church today is our Ackland work day. We hope a lot of you are going to stay because we have a lot of things that need to be done in order to keep our building clean and running and functioning. Um, I've heard a rumor, and it seems like the most exciting rumor, that handrails will be installed here and here. So I've had lots of people be excited about that. Um, today is also a designated small group meeting. Uh, middle school will be at the Scobies. So get with your group leader to find out that, that schedule. Some groups may not be meeting if they're already staying after today. So just get with your leader to, to find out about that. Um, unless there's anything else, JB? I just want to echo that. We ordered plenty of pizza, plenty of drinks and salad. So if you did an RSVP before the stay, we have extra food. And you can say 30 minutes, that's great. If you can say two hours, that's great. 
whatever you have time. Okay. Anything else? Okay. Coffee and donuts downstairs. Brian. Yes. Uh, I brought the game. Okay. You want to? Yeah, I'll walk out with you. Sure. We can just we can swap it to your You've been listening to 900 Ackland Avenue, the podcast for the Ackland Avenue Church of Christ. If you'd like more information about our community, our church website is http colon slash slash org. Thanks again for joining us. God bless.